This is a Rooster Teeth production. A group of cryptocurrency moguls had a dream. (laughs) A dream of creating a crypto utopia on the high seas. But poor planning and... Oh, maritime law Boo. would cause their dream to crash harder than their portfolios. Zing. This was actually, at this point, I think crypto was still on the up. And they still managed to oh, yeah. screw the pooch on this one. Well, th- there's a lot of reasons this didn't work. <laughs> That's true. It's not just crypto. I'm Charlotte. I'm Patrick. Ahoy and welcome aboard Ship Hits the Fan, a podcast about some of history's most notable uh-ohs and whoopsies on this the high is, seas. This is a whoopsie. This is a whoopsie. It's For a, sure. It's a, I'm it, comfortable calling this one a whoopsie. A huge whoopsie, informed by whoopsies. Yeah. It's whoopsies yeah. all throughout. It's by whoopsies, for whoopsies. Okay. Mother approved. There exists a proud tradition of taking land-based inventions and improving them by moving them onto water. Yeah. Duck boats. James Cameron's avatar. Ye- That's basically, yeah. you know, the proud tradition ends there. Okay. But I will say that uh, homesteading... Had its had its moment in the sun, um, yeah. or should I say, the sea? <laughs> so you may be wondering what happens when a group of cryptocurrency investors buy an old cruise ship mm-hmm. with plans of establishing a sea colony during the pandemic. It works, and they're still out there. That's right. And if you have a uh, if you have a wallet that's got just enough Dogecoin, you could get yourself on the boat. Wrong. Yeah, no, it went about won't. as well as you'd expect. Anything that has crypto attached, yeah, just stay away. <laughs> could be, maybe. yeah. Just don't, just don't go near it. Trade in gold, and gold only. Gold only, not even gold-based crypto. Yeah. <laughs> so let's start off with the big question: Why? Why did this happen? I don't know. The idea of homesteading to obtain privacy and self-reliance is not new. It's been around for centuries, and it's particularly alluring for people with goals of creating new societies and new ways of living. Sure. Um, that should sound silly, but unfortunately is an, an incredibly robust faction in the United yeah, States. Yeah. Um, in the last 20 to 40 years, the U.S. has seen a rise in homesteading. Mm-hmm. Some people going as far as declaring themselves sovereign citizens. Yep. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Independent of the U.S., and in their minds... Not subject to its laws. But very much still subject very to its much laws. Very much so. This gets really interesting yeah. when they break those laws that they are not, you know, adhering they've to. Decided they've decided That they've decided don't apply to them. Yeah, That's okay. right, yeah. Like uh, like the Bundys with letting their cattle just roam out there. Sure, yeah. Uh, before yeah. it kicked off that whole thing. Yes. Homesteaders on land can farm for their own food, raise animals, build their own houses, and utilize alternative energy sources to power their homes. And, Green energy, that's kind of gay and liberal, right? (laughs) (laughs) It seems like, is that really what you want to mess with? Do people know you're gay? Because I feel like that's important. I'm gay. (laughs) I'm I'm gay. Let's get that out there there real quick. Do people know you're a liberal? (laughs) (laughs) I'm a homesteader. (laughs) I'm a homesteader. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, the problem with that is that land can be hard to come by. Mm Mm-hmm. Enter. And, and expensive, potentially. It could be expensive, yeah. yeah. And subject to laws. You should homestead in the middle of Detroit. You could probably get away with you, that. I actually. was going to yeah. say, yeah, you That's could probably do okay. Yeah. So we've got a problem, mm-hmm. right? Enter Google engineer, Patrick Friedman. Okay, it's almost my name. Patrick. Not the, I mean, the last name's nowhere near. No, not at all. Yeah. Brown. 
Yeah, not, not even close. On December 7th, 2010, Friedman gave a keynote presentation at a symposium hosted by the Thiel Foundation. I mean, yeah, of course. <laughs> if you're not familiar with Peter Thiel, here are some key points. Peter Thiel was born in Germany, but moved to the U.S. as a toddler, as a ein toddler, kinder toddler. Mm -hmm. uh, kinder. Und kinder, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Despite excelling in math and science, he studied philosophy at Stanford. While there, he developed his ultra-libertarian viewpoints. Yeah. Yeah. After college, he went into the technology and software industry and helped to found one of the first commercial used digital wallets. You may have heard of it. It's called PayPal. Yes. I've heard of it. It sucks. PayPal? Yeah. I've, yeah. I've never had an issue, but... It sucks with, like, name stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, anyway, so PayPal, uh, it's all over the place. Sure. Uh, Peter Thiel is super it. rich. Yeah. He founded the Thiel Foundation to, quote, defend and promote freedom in all its dimensions. Maybe basically what that means is just giving a bunch of money to people who would be otherwise unsuccessful. To keep them doing what they're doing. That's true, yeah. Right. Rather than letting yeah. them, let, rather than letting the actual free hand of the market weed them out. Yeah, he kind of <laughs> subsidizes a lot of, uh, I mean, businesses and YouTubers. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of media under his purview. Yeah, yeah. Uh, unsurprisingly, Teal is majorly into the idea of homesteading as well as marrying those ideals with emerging technology. Uh -huh. If you can't solve it with a log cabin, maybe you can solve it with the blockchain. Yeah. He was eager to promote Patrick Friedman's new idea and provided a platform for him to do so. Friedman's idea was called... <laughs> yes? Seasteading. It's homesteading in the high seas. In 2008, cool. Patrick Friedman and a software engineer named Wayne Gramlich founded the Seasteading Institute with a $500,000 grant from Peter Thiel. I mean, yeah, okay, that's what, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. He See, just throws huge money when around. Would, it, when yeah. would this have ever gotten anywhere near off the ground yes. without that um, angel investment? Yeah. When asked about why they plan to create livable communities on the high seas, their answers were interesting, mm -hmm. which is good because we like to make an interesting show here. Yeah. Friedman said, quote, why in one of the most advanced countries in the world are we still using systems of government from 1787? Mm -hmm. If you drove a car from 1787, it would be a horse. Well, okay. Let's think of government as an industry. Nice. Good. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, here right. we go. Where countries are firms and citizens no. are customers. No. Let a thousand no. nations bloom on the high seas. God, these people are annoying. Well, unfortunately, that so last annoying. sentence. I mean, that's cool. That's yeah. cool. Yeah, of course. Um, but and I'm all oh, for, my uh, God. Nations on the high seas. One of the worst Just things. Just not one of these guys. No, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, one of the worst parts of life is having to be a customer of anything. Yes. Customer service is one of the most abhorrent uh, you know, <laughs> rituals we take part in. Yeah. In our short time here on this yeah. on this planet. Um sorry not to other people listening from other planets. <laughs> yeah. We see apologies. you. We respect you. Anyway, um, yeah, so if you've if you've read pretty much any dystopian fiction, Brave mm -hmm. New World, Hunger Games, Blade Runner, uh the, the I guess adapted uh, read the screenplay, yeah. uh, you know that there are flaws in this plan. Um, because it's hard to tell people from uh, replicants. Yeah. Uh, anyway, almost impossible. <laughs> it actually, that kind of leads to other questions. Yeah, when I think about it. <laughs> so yeah, not only did they like just kind of exclaim, <laughs> like the town crier, their the the grander parts of their ideas, they kind of glazed over the most important part, which is the sea. Okay. The 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 
that which makes seasteading possible is also the greatest issue yes. uh, with this plan. So there's no immediately easy way to grow food. It's yeah. far away from land, <laughs> you know? I mean, you can grow food without dirt. Yeah, but, but you it's need not, resources. It's, yeah, it's more difficult. Expertise. Yeah. Um, it's also subject to storms yep. and waves. Yeah, And as the old adage says, Water, water everywhere, and not a drop to drink. Mm. It's salty. Written by an opium addict. Really? Yeah. Is that a, what, what is Coleridge. That? Coleridge. Yeah. Deeply addicted to opium. So it's poppy seeds, poppy seeds everywhere. And not, <laughs> not a, a drop to. Seed to smoke. <laughs> to smoke. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm not sure yeah. how opium is made. I actually, we should look into that. Um, okay. Just for fun. But like, yeah. I, I do want to point out that these people want to live on the sea. And we have made yes. an entire podcast about ships that are ruined on the sea, and those are in transit. Yeah. They are not going to the sea to stay there. They are right. trying to get to point B. Yeah. And almost everything we've covered has led to ruin, disaster, and uh, horror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so these people are like, yeah. we're going to go out there and stay there. Yep. So anyway, Friedman had theoretical answers to all these issues. He proposed a series of platforms that would allow for farmings and water desalination. Widespread use of solar panels could provide shade and power. I mean, fine. Yeah, I mean, like, those are good. And we've seen (laughs) these kind of, like, concept photos. Yeah, I mean, it looks cool, but it is very much a concept. Yeah, it's like seeing those, like, uh, sort of, the sort of like space station, like farming interiors where it yeah. goes around in a big it's circle. Like, oh, that's like, awesome. It's like, well, it doesn't exist. Yeah, we can't just do that. <laughs> yeah. We can, but they don't want you to know that. No, who? <laughs> the people on Elysium. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> really wish that movie had been better. Anyway, uh, he suggested that ships could be converted into floating medical facilities that could sail to patients as needed. Larger boats could function as small cities on the sea, and he predicted that within 10 years, uh, so that's 2020, large numbers of people would be colonizing the ocean, uh, like in Waterworld. These guys all think that, like, if they could just get their view out to enough people, everyone would be on board. People have been waiting for the answer, is all. They're just like, I wish my life could be better, and it's like, then you hear about a symposium. It's like, if, if everyone felt the same... If everyone could just hear me, uh, a billionaire, or at the very least, multi-millionaire, uh, propose my perfect world, everyone would be on board and want to do it. They just haven't heard it yet. And this is this is what's hap- This is what happens like, when people don't want to live on the fucking ocean. People don't. And also, this is the th- what you were saying that Teal kind of subsidizes bad ideas, because who who among us has not had the idea like, damn be pretty cool to like have like a water-based colony oh of course and who, but but who awesome. among us has yeah. five hundred thousand dollars to start talking <laughs> about it and have a symposium so, my roommate so, has an idea money. called train world it's the yeah. same thing yeah. but on trains yeah and i have tried so many times to poke holes but the answer every time is more trains yeah hospital trains that's something he brought up yeah yeah shouts out joe um also, we King have, of Kings. We, have we love him. Boats, What's up? We do have hospital floating medical facilities that exist. Yeah, but do they produce opium? No. Yes, <laughs> maybe. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, none of Friedman's uh, ideas uh, had been proven in practice at all. Yeah. In 2017, Friedman wrote a book with his creative partner, Joe Quirk, a self-described evangelist. <laughs> kind of creative partner. <laughs> Because you need to think outside the box. Okay. Uh, except for a, a, a very notable box that Are these comes disruptors? Up 
They are disruptors. Okay. Yeah. What are but they disrupting? They're disrupting land use, I think. Oh, okay. <laughs> but not in like a progressive way. Well, there's many ways to disrupt. There are so many ways to yeah. disrupt, yeah. The most important thing about disrupting is in the end, your product is sold alongside what you claim to disrupt in a Walmart. Yes. I mean, that's the end goal, right? Is to be just as successful as whatever. Just as successful as what you're trying to disrupt. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we we can. And often you're addressing a. We don't. This is all so stupid. Why are we? We're too deep. We're we're too deep, deep, but also. Too deep. Get out. Okay. We got to get out of this hole. Oh, the cat. She jumped in the hamper today. We got to get out of this hole. We got to get out of this hole. I was saying she was in a hole. Anyway, Joe Quirk, a Seavangelist, him and Friedman, their book described a theoretical society. In yep. which anyone with a boat and a dream could colonize the ocean and democracy would be replaced by a system in which each platform or floating vessel would have a vote. Sure. Using that book and the ideas from Friedman's keynote speech, a handful of people made attempts at small-scale seasteading, uh, all of which failed. Yeah. Just like the platform having a vote thing, like, oh my god, like, w- <laughs> don't see that going wrong at all. It always just ends up back at kind of the place that they tried to get away from because eventually you realize you have to have you have to have a system you have of to governance have rules. you have to have rules if you have rules more, are necessary to some extent more to, than two just, people i would say you once, have to start like, instituting rules you can have you can have this if every single person agrees but the second the second uh, well no the second you get a weirdo it's like okay well we have to do something about you know yeah, well josh i mean because josh <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Josh decided that he wants to not wear clothes anymore, and but it's it makes making everyone uncomfortable. Maria uncomfortable, yeah. especially. Yeah. Uh, fucking Maria. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, but like you look at you look at like the founding of some American cities, like Oklahoma City, when they did the like the Boomer Sooner stuff, the the land rut, where they all mm-hmm. just people just like ran in and claimed land, That's and there was sick. a con- there it was yes, and then the Sooners were the guys that just camped out so they could be closer. Yeah, uh, it's the not sick part is that it was all stolen land, like well, directly stolen land, like so much of the country. Of but like, yeah. it's especially like ugh, to be yeah, like yeah, we're yeah. taking it. Also, yeah. we don't know what to do with it, so we're just going to give it away. Yeah. <laughs> but like, there was a contingency of guys that just set up shop in the middle and decided this is how the city will work. And then yeah. when so, the rest of the city tried to get organi- organized and said, this is our grid system, the first group met them at gunpoint and said, no, this is our grid. So still to this day in Oklahoma City, you get to a certain point and the grid becomes diagonal because one guy said, this is how my section goes. Yeah. And they didn't have yet a system of governance. So they just went, okay. And yeah. I'm sure if you live in o- OKC, it sucks. Sure. <laughs> um uh, not the city, the that particular area, traffic-wise. Navigating. Navigating. Anyway, I also I also want to say, if you've got, like, the people on disparate platforms and stuff, like, just think about the sci-fi trope of, like, any planet or ship or colony that gets cut off, and then they all turn to, like, cannibalism, and it gets, like, oh, yeah. like the Reapers and Firefly. You know, it's just, like, yeah, yeah. it's no good. Reavers. Reavers. Right? I'm sorry. Yes, yeah. Reavers. You're right. I'm God. I'm, Reapers sounds cool. Reapers sounds is cool. cool. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we should write something. Anyway. So as I said, there were attempts at seasteading, small attempts that did ultimately fail, but they did not deter three brave seasteading enthusiasts in 2020, Mm -hmm. year of our Lord. In October of 2020, about a half a year into the COVID-19 pandemic, you remember it, Grant Romand, Rudiker Koch, and Chad Elwertowski, Elwertowski, and Chad Elwertowski purchased an aging cruise ship. Okay. 
The three seasteaders had grown frustrated with pandemic restrictions and believed it was time to make their dreams of a sea colony come true. Yep. Yep. To be clear, these are the crypto bros. These are the guys that we're talking about here. These oh, guys yeah. have made their bag in cryptocurrency. Yeah. I mean, they bought a cruise ship. Yes, but okay. Yeah, I guess you're right. If you, you know, it's, there's but some also, money, I'm just there's the, some the, money flying the method is from crypto. Yeah, yeah. They knew that with traveling limited by the pandemic, cruise liners were being sold for pennies on the dollar. So they purchased the Pacific Dawn. Oh, beautiful. The Pacific Dawn was first built in 1991 in Italy, where it was first named the Regal Princess. Oh, that's better. The pride of Princess Cruises, she sailed their Northern American routes, their Australian routes, and their Mediterranean and Baltic cruises. Okay. Getting into some specs here, folks. The Regal Princess was 804 feet long, or 2.75 football fields in length. She was roughly 183 feet tall, making her three inches taller than the Tower of Pisa. The leaning one. Yes. Uh, she was roughly the same height as the Statue of Liberty if you measure from the feet to the ground. And you know I'm measuring from the feet. Oh, always. Always, always. Not super clear on the Prius capacity. Yeah, it didn't say. She was outfitted with 11 passenger decks, two swimming pools, and capable of transporting 1,400 passengers in addition to a crew of 660. Oh my God. All of which sleeping with one another below decks constantly, from yes. what I've heard. She had two electric motors and a four by eight cylinder diesel electric engine. Okay. This made her capable of 20 knots cruising and 22.5 knots at top speed. During her time with Princess Cruises, she was maintained and regularly refurbished. However, in 2003, while on a trip from Copenhagen to New York, 217 passengers contracted neurovirus. Oh, no. And the ship had to undergo widespread disinfection. No. If you know anything about neurovirus, you know what's up. Yeah, it means you ate poop. And, and then more right? came out. Yeah. Yeah. 217. Ad. I mean, it's a cruise ship. It's just like wildfire. One person gets... It's, like it's like schools, you know? One no, kid no. gets sick, everyone gets sick. Surely that won't happen in a seastead. No, no, no. They figured it out. They figured, yeah. <laughs> figured it out. They figured it out. Yeah, with the blockchain. Anyway, the ship was cleared to return to service. However, a number of subsequent trips were canceled. While the neurovirus incident was not listed as the official reason to retire the Regal Princess, it's possible that the association with the incident caused lower bookings. Yeah, yeah maybe. It's possible, yeah. I always look up neurovirus outbreaks before I uh, book a cruise. <laughs> What's on the menu, and is it poop? Mm -hmm. After her period with Princess Cruises, she was refurbished and renamed the Pacific Dawn. Under her new name, she sailed for P&O Cruises in Australia, sorry, P&O, uh, cruises in Australia yeah. from 2007 to 2020. Okay. Even with all these improvements, the ship was almost 30 years old. For military vessels and merchant ships, that lifespan isn't much of an issue, but for a cruise ship where customers expect luxury amenities like not neurovirus, yeah. the continued refurbishment of the ship was no longer cost-effective. Yeah. Nobody wants to be on a 30-year-old cruise ship. No. I mean... Unless it's been heavily overhauled. To be honest, I'm not sure you want to be on a cruise ship. I don't want to be on a cruise ship, yeah. period. But I don't I, want to be on a cruise ship that was made last year. Well, no, I definitely don't want to be on one made last year. I think if I'm going to get on one, four <laughs> yeah. to six years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pre pandemic <laughs> or something, yeah. Yeah, just I have a feeling. I, I don't know what regulations look like in the cruising industry. I don't know. But I feel like it's a bit of a Wild West situation. This episode is brought to you by Electric E Bikes. You know what's just the best? Getting outside in the springtime air and enjoying a leisurely ride on electric e-bike. Electric e-bikes will transform that trip across town or to the beach, giving you carefree, fun adventures. 
And now they're having their ready, set spring sale with models financed as low as $73 a month. What's really great about Lectric's e-bikes is that anyone can ride them, whether you're just running errands or enjoying a ride. They're adjustable and customizable to different lifestyles, all the way from the fun XP Lite to a highly capable cargo e-bike, the Expedition. Plus, you can reach up to 28 miles per hour with the throttle or next-level pedal assist. You can even add cargo bags and baskets so you can carry your stuff while being carefree. I like to take mine out. We got a ton of bike paths near me. I go out, just ride around for like an hour or two. It's awesome. I also like to take it out just to get a coffee or lunch. Start your next adventure with Electric E-Bikes Ready, Set, Spring Sale. Visit electricebikes.com to learn more and explore the new Expedition Cargo E-Bike and all of the other epic models Electric has to offer. That's L-E-C-T-R-I-C ebikes.com. In 2019, P&O announced that they would be retiring the Pacific Dawn and her sister ship, the Pacific Aria, formerly the Crown Princess, okay. in 21 on their 30th anniversaries taken out back behind an island and shot. Yep. They couldn't have predicted, however, that the pandemic would upset all their plans. Oh, no. By 2020, with no end to the pandemic in sight and no cruises booked, P&O was ready to unload the Pacific Dawn for a fraction of her market price to any willing buyer. Yep. Enter our sea setters. Great. Roman, Koch, and Elrotowski purchased the ship for $9.5 million. According to industry experts, it was worth closer to $100 million. Even if you couldn't really use it as a I imagine there's like at least weird... the material alone. $100 million? Yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe, I, mean I, don't I don't know what they cost. This is an enormous yeah. ship. It also costs so much to like to break one of those down. That's why most of them just end up sitting in like a yeah, and in that the Horn of Africa somewhere on like a field. Yeah. Honestly, 9.5 sounds like a lot. They renamed the ship the MS Satoshi, of course, as an homage to <laughs> Satoshi Nakamoto, the pseudonym of Bitcoin's anonymous inventor. Their plan was to create a utopian, tax-free community on the ship, yeah. run entirely on cryptocurrency. I have a question. Yes. Who will be paying for fuel and upkeep? Uh, the crypto, the cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency pays for fuel cryptocurrency. and upkeep. Basic upkeep of the ship. Why would you? Staff, captain. I, I have a question. Okay. You have. You want to be a seasteader? Yeah. You want to run your own operation out there on the water. Yeah. What Cryptocurrency is, is yeah. inextricably linked to what happens on land. Yes. Isn't that like a huge contradiction and also liability? I Like they didn't get that far. The prob- they, they right. didn't get as far as, oh, our money is worth nothing anymore. But also like that seems especially silly to me. Shouldn't they have like some sort of like system ship of coin. currency, shipcoin? Ship yeah, where they just yeah. trade like yeah. rags and well, it and is pennies. it is strange. Like because obviously you have to pay for things. Oh, it'd be tax free, yeah. but you still have to pay a massive amount of money every year for. I think that I mean it's like rent for most people who live there, uh, and then you need fuel and upkeep and a crew and all these things. Uh, so we need yeah shipcoin. We need shipcoin. Shipcoin. Okay, yeah. or you could just trade buttons. The shiny yeah, a barter system, a yeah. barter system of some kind. But the so problem just, is, you always are going to need money. It's just, I mean, it's just like if I wanted to do like a seasteading thing. I guess just calling taxes rent. Yes, or calling yes. rent. There's, no, 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 there's no. going to be some it's, kind of. You're tax free, but you still have to pay a bunch of money dues. to the. Yeah, I yeah, don't because know. because because of upkeep, but um, it's not taxes. No, it's not taxes. It's not it's taxes. called something different. Yes. We could go for hours We're about not, the, the foolishness of, of crypto yeah. people and also seasteaders because whatever. Unfortunately, Let's, it's a cool idea. 
It's it's a cool it's idea, but why? These people. Why would you, you know? want to do it on a cruise ship? Like, why would you want right. to open up yeah. the possibility of that many people? That's an entire neighborhood. Oil platforms. Oil platforms, exactly. Yeah. Like Sealand, of yeah. which you are a lord. Something like yeah, yeah, yeah. something like that. Exactly, yeah. something like that. Anyway, as we said before, there's not been a successful seasteading community until this point, yeah, or since this point. But that doesn't mean that people hadn't tried to do exactly what these three geniuses were attempting. Mm-hmm. There had been multiple versions of ocean platform communities planned off the coast of California. Okay, Baystead was a proposed community off the coast of San Francisco. Of course, but. Plans fell through when they couldn't solidify logistics for basic necessities, like water or waste. Things that taxes would generally. <laughs> yeah, a utility. In a, in a, a city. A, yes, uh, yeah. something they also don't want to pay taxes for. Yeah. <laughs> Coaststead was proposed off the central southern coast of California, but again, they struggled to account for basic human needs like water or waste. Oh. Just like a platform off like Ventura County. Help! <laughs> yeah. <I'd- laughs> We have norovirus. <laughs> <laughs> and then there was Clubstead, a kind Ooh. of platform seastead resort where crypto-inclined guests could party yep. their faces off, failed when they couldn't solve the issues of water and waste. Oh, weird. So, so it turns out, against all odds, so it turns out you actually can't have a yacht club. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Finally, a floating island version of seasteading started construction in 2017 off the coast of French Polynesia. But only a few months later, the government pulled their approval and funding, presumably when they found out what they were doing. Yeah. They had faced strong opposition from local residents and questions regarding where exactly the man-made island would dispose of its waste. I think we covered this one. Yeah. Are you getting, are you sensing yeah. a theme? Yeah. The crypto guys were undeterred. Of course. They were convinced their plan would work because this wasn't their first rodeo either. Yeah. This, Yeah. Roman had been living in a houseboat on okay. Lake Ontario and cool. wanted to make the leap from lake to ocean. And Sick. also, houseboat to cruise ship. Yeah, that's a big upgrade. Quirk and Friedman introduced Roman to El Wartowski, an American crypto mogul, and Koch, a German engineer. Together, they founded a company called Ocean Builders. Yeah. Now, this stuff, this next one is awesome. All right. <laughs> this, is, this is so cool. Their first venture was a seasteading residence off the coast of Thailand. It was a white octagonal box floating slightly above water, 12 miles out in the open sea. El Wartowski and his girlfriend lived there for two months until <laughs> the Thai government realized the box was there. No. Quickly declared a threat to the safety of the state, they were threatened with life in prison or death. What? The couple was forced to flee the country as the government sent three ships to dismantle the residents. Oh, boo. Well, for ocean builders, this was enough. Yeah. To be proof of concept. I guess. They moved the company to they moved the company to Panama, where they started their next project, the Sea Pod. Ooh. Sea pods were designed to be floating homes nine to ten feet above water level, perched on a single column with a tripod base below the water. Well, okay. that's not floating. Yeah. <laughs> Unless there's a huge counterweight underneath it. And then it's floating? I'm, I guess I'm not quite sure, but tripod makes me think it's sitting on, on the seabed. Yes. These were designed by Cohen Olthuis, who has dubbed himself an aquatect. Great. Why not? <laughs> As he specializes in postmodern water structures. The sea pods look like they belong in the Jetsons, or one of the city planets in Star Wars. Well, I was thinking Camino. Camino is not a city planet. No, I know, exactly. Planet. We didn't write this, but... Oh, I, mean, I see, I see, I see. You know, when you yeah. think of, like, a sea planet... Yeah. Camino. 
Anyway, they consist of white orb-like structures with a small kitchen, a bedroom, and a living area. At around 500 square feet, they are smaller than your average Los Angeles or New York one-bedroom apartment. Beg to differ on the New York front. Yeah. I would say most of those are 200 square feet. <laughs> anyway, the sea pods are a tiny house on the sea. They were manufactured in their own factory in 2020, but it was quickly realized that they could only build two at a time. Oh, no. This meant it would take years to make an entire community of sea pods with a very expensive initial investment. Not to mention, the only way the sea pod community works is if there are enough pods to collectively fund utilities. Such as? Water. Yep. Waste. Yep. Yeah. Those two keep coming back. It's just, that's weird, Don't huh? They? How the human body keeps, it needs in and it needs out. Yeah. Just get a litter box, right? Yeah. A crypto litter box. Yeah. yeah. That Self- you and your girlfriend can use. Yeah. You fertilize the plants with it. They started looking for ways to jumpstart their operation. A cruise ship seemed like the perfect option because they were stupid and they could sell living space on the cruise ship to help fund the larger sea pods. The weird thing is they think that people's like ideology is going to be enough to get them to live on a cruise ship permanently. Yeah, those are not Nobody wants to do that. No one wants to do that. Not to mention the crew quarters. Nobody wants to do that. Mm -mm. A cruise ship also comes with amenities built in, though, they thought. Um, And that's about as much research as they did on the subject before purchasing a boat. Yeah, it's it's probably got amenities, right? Bye. Yeah. (laughs) Order now. Lucky for them, the government of Panama was willing to help out. Okay. They believed it would be a potential tourist destination and even agreed not to tax the seasteaders. All right. Okay. While allowing them to live right off their coast. Okay. The three formed a new company, Viva Vivas. Ooh. Which would run and maintain the community on the Satoshi. Mm -hmm. The name came from the Latin phrase, Vive ut vivas, live so that you may live. Dorks. Yeah. Dorks. Yeah. Ten days after starting the company, they announced the project on Reddit during an AMA. Where else? Of course. Yeah. Although there was a lot of initial excitement, it was obvious that they weren't prepared for the realities of housing that many people long-term on a ship. For yeah, starters, duh. there was no way for residents to cook or store their own food in their cabins. This is a cruise yeah. ship. You stay on it for a week, maybe two. Yeah. <laughs> Microwaves, not allowed. And while some cabins had mini fridges, they would not hold nearly enough food in between supply runs. Of course. Residents would get a discount at the onboard restaurant, but this was their only food option. Oh, my God. Really... Getting what they want, which is you're not citizens, you're customers. Yeah. The only way to live here is to be a customer. Yeah. Supply runs presented another issue. Neither the sea pods nor the Satoshi had accounted for needing to produce food to feed the people aboard. Okay. Probably because they all drink one soylent a week. Yeah. And call that body hacking. They were still tied to the supply runs from Panama, so they weren't really seasteading at, at all. Really just living on a long cruise just off the coast of a, right. of a beneficiary. Awful. And they're trying to like attract Wealthy people. That's right. Who are used to a very high standard of living. However, yes, high standard of living, paying taxes, <laughs> versus very, very low standard of living, still paying taxes. Just so, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> everything. Speaking of the taxes, everything would be paid in Bitcoin. Okay, of course. Which yeah. meant that the residents would need constant high-powered internet access. Yep. There aren't any options in the sea, so they would need to be connected to the land until systems were upgraded. So when I said tethered to a land-based system, I didn't mean literally, but literally tethered to land-based cryptocurrency. (laughs) Bitcoin and crypto mining create a huge strain on internet capabilities. And with that many users, the cost to providing that kind of internet connection would skyrocket. Also, if they were planning on mining, that's like... 
insanely powered. Super hungry. intensive. Yeah. You are using half the you're using the below decks <laughs> yeah. for crypto mining. I think like the whole thing with Bitcoin mining is that like in a lot of cases the power consumption offsets yeah, any like of you're the almost, gains. Like you're almost paying for so much power that it's almost not worth doing well, it. Well, ignore all the other issues and say you have a uh, a nation that is willing to let you just kind of hang out and, and leech off their resources. Then yeah. maybe you could make it work. Sure. It's like people running crypto mining like operations where they work. Oh, yeah. That yeah. happened a lot. It's, yeah. Anyway, so when the fellas didn't have an answer for how things would work, they would respond with comments like, we want people to come up with solutions and try them out. Or... This is your place to try new things. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, not everyone was convinced, but a handful of people did buy in. Cabins went up for auction less than a month after announcement. Basic cabins with no windows sold for $570 a month. Okay. Ocean View for $629 or balcony cabins for $719. I mean, I think I, mean, I would support for Fairly balcony. cheap. Yeah. yeah. Go for the balcony. Yeah. Also, you have no kitchen. Yeah. Uh, also, one more thing. If you had a pet, you were required to purchase a balcony and provide waste disposal for your pet. Uh, any waste dumped off the ship would result in hefty fines. Uh-oh, those are rules. Uh-oh, oh, no. My rights! All of this was to be paid in Bitcoin or an alternate cryptocurrency. My apes. <laughs> Providing them How with one ape as you enter the ship. Yeah. The Satoshi was announced to be opened in January of 21. However, it wasn't in Panama yet. Yeah. The Satoshi was en route to Panama from Greece. Mm -hmm. Viva Vivas hired a management company to handle the voyage with a crew of approximately 40 people. Okay. According to that crew and the captain, Peter Harris, it was immediately clear that their new employers had no idea what they were doing. Good. For starters, they did not obtain any certifications of seaworthiness. Don't need them. The existing certificates expired once the purchase was complete. Yep. And they were required to dry dock and complete repairs before continuing on to Panama. Okay. Finally. They finished those repairs and relaunched in December. Upon leaving, the crew noticed that the previous owners had left a full shipment of alcohol aboard, including 5,000 bottles of wine and 2,000 bottles of various hard liquors. My God. Awesome. According to the crew, who wisely limited themselves to three drinks a day, (laughs) the rest of the journey was incredibly pleasant. With no passengers aboard, the 40-person crew had run of the ship. Yeah. Unfortunately... Even if the ship made it to Panama, a little foreshadowing, Mm -hmm. their problems were far from over. Viva Vivas thought that the Panamanian government would allow them to anchor permanently and register as a residence instead of a ship. Okay. Why would you think that? Yeah. They wanted to do this to avoid maritime laws regarding things like water and waste. Yeah. Yep. However, Panama refused, saying they were willing to let the ship stay, but it needed to be designated as a ship. Duh. Yeah. The Satoshi did have an advanced wastewater management system that could convert wastewater into drinking water, but it required them to regularly discharge some of the waste generated. Yes. If you're a ship on the move, this is not a huge issue. The discharge happens while the ship is in motion and currents carry the waste away. Yeah. But if a ship is continuously docked in place, the waste would reach critical mass and harm the surrounding ocean. They would be required to sail 12 miles out every two to three weeks to empty the tanks. Which, doing it in motion also sounds bad. I mean, I feel like that can't be good, but it's definitely better. Because of this and other oversights by Viva Vivas, no one would insure the ship. Mm-hmm. They could not get solid answers, but most insurers implied it was their lack of experience, their reliance what? on cryptocurrency, and the gaps in their logistical planning. What do you mean? <laughs> hey, come on. 
The Viva Vivas owner were upset that in their quest to be free of laws and regulations, they had to totally follow laws and regulations. Okay. It turns out some of them were there for a reason. Yeah, because you don't want your ocean filling with waste. Yeah. yeah. Just think about the smell off Right the ship. offshore. <laughs> well, I guess you're playing shuffleboard with know. other like-minded crypto weirdos. Meanwhile, the ship was still en route, costing them close to $12,000 every day in fuel and crew costs. This was out of pocket as they wouldn't recoup their investment until residents arrived. It was only at this point that they started to do the numbers of mm-hmm. what the ship would cost while it was docked in Panama. Since it had to remain a ship, it had to make trips to dump waste, which means it would cost almost $1 million a month to keep the ship docked. There were only 777 cabins aboard the ship, which means on average, they would only be generating around $500,000 per month at their current cabin rental cost. They would make some money on the uh, necessary restaurant and Mm -hmm. some additional amenities like the internet, but they were still short thousands. Even if they completely sold out, they would not cover the overhead. Yeah. They were not sold out. Yeah. Plus, they were going to miss their January date to move in while they positioned the boat and set up the internet and other features. It would cost millions for the boat to sit empty for months. Yeah. So on December 19th, a mere two months after purchasing the boat, they announced on the Viva Vivas website that the project had failed. Yeah. (laughs) You ever get like really excited about something and you go way too deep and make like a purchase and all this stuff and then you like realize, oh, I... I have no idea what I'm doing. Oh, yeah. And I just spent like $300. I didn't want to buy a new way too... mirror because I yeah. had an old one. And I was like, I'll just refinish the frame. And so I spent more than I would have on any mirror on... And you probably you know, just end up with a double-looking frame. Then. I didn't even try yeah. it yet. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I need the light. And right. I need to do it on my balcony because of the yeah, fumes. So you probably need to buy a light. You should move. So I don't need a light. I need the sun. Yeah. But I don't have like a good surface out. Yeah. Anyway, it doesn't matter. It's been sitting in my room. I get what you're saying. Yeah. The fellows would continue to occasionally post updates claiming that the global elite oh, yep. <laughs> had yep. specifically ruined their sea vitalization in an attempt to silence them. Yeah, that's definitely what happened. Our you ideas you are too just, powerful. You weren't just unbelievably stupid and got so <laughs> far ahead of yourself. Assuming that a bunch of crypto millionaires would want to live in a 500 square foot the boat, boat yeah. apartment with no kitchen, no, no microwave, microwave, a tiny no, fridge, nothing, no yard, no windows nothing, in some cases, no windows, yeah, and and and, and all the, because they don't want to pay tax. The global elite are who you're trying to court. Also, to you, live on this boat, they're not trying to silence you. They're not listening to Peter you. Peter Thiel is the global elite. That At is least, definitely true. Yeah, a, a, a member of. Uh, the global elite. And, and he, this was a good investment for him. I, this was a I, great, I this was he doesn't out care. Well. He, he doesn't, doesn't care. care. He's got $500,000. That's, yeah. that's, that's just nothing. a little scratch. That's nothing. On Christmas Eve that year, the ship anchored off the coast of Panama. The Viva Vivas crew spent the holidays drinking the rest of the booze left on the ship and yep. posting videos of their exploits on social media. Hell yeah. Which shouts out to the crew yeah, yeah. of 40 and Captain Peter for just like they made an all-out like pleasure cruise yeah. where they just chilled it's like when and people, drank free liquor. It's like when people say in Vegas, if you break even, you won because you got to drink for free, which is stupid. That's not winning. That's, and it's watered down. Yeah, it, it's, it's a joke. Yeah. Uh, and people should stop saying it, but it's the same concept. Yes. These guys got to drink for, and they got paid. I mean, that's more than breaking even. Yeah, yeah that's just yeah. winning. Winning, remember? <laughs> okay. <laughs> Viva Vivas eventually made a deal to scrap the ship with a company in India, yeah, but 
<laughs> International treaties prevented oh, them from completing the sale. Fortunately, the story had generated internet buzz, and Ambassador Cruise Line offered to purchase the boat for their new over 50s cruises. Ooh. <laughs> mind getting wow. Maybe a couple dance lessons. Yeah. Soak in the pool. That company purchased the ship for an undisclosed sum, yet most reports suggest it was around $10 million, okay. which meant that the Viva Vivas company had only managed to lose about $2 million in two months. <laughs> oh, my God. Not bad. Ocean builders, bad. <laughs> Ocean builders returned to their sea pods concept, now working on a drone system to deliver oh food God. and supplies to the pods. That's going to work. Yeah. It's going to be so loud. I think the problem here is they're also just nerds. Yeah. Whereas like regular homesteaders, they're nerds in a different way. Like they are. There's Some of them are survivalists though. Yeah, which is a form of nerd. It is a form of nerd. Because it's something yeah. you get deeply into and it consumes your life and you, you know what I mean? But yes, like, but there's a right way you to can, do that. You can on land, you can be self-reliant. You can support yourself. You can truly yeah. like. Be self-reliant. If you know how to and farm do, and dispose yes. of waste and all this stuff, like that is a you thing don't that need humans the internet did connection. for a long time. You don't need the internet. I would say some of them specifically issue the internet connection. Yeah, you and don't disconnect. need power. Like there are ways to live without all these things that we yes. did for a long time. It's possible. And it's 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 corny of most of the time, but it's like silly, you can do it. Yes, but it's you, it's doable. You can't do this on a cruise ship. It's insane. But they're nerds in a classical nerd way. Yes. So they computer nerds. So every they're going off of like uh oh, what was the show the sea base? Oh, I know what you're talking about. I don't know what it doesn't matter. Um, but, but the the whole idea of financing it and the driving force being cryptocurrency is completely at odds with yes. like the the philosophy of of the steading. Yeah. You you are completely at the whims of forces outside your control, which yeah. the whole point of homesteading <laughs> is that you are self-reliant yeah. and you are not at the whims of uh, of math deciding yeah. that your yeah, money yeah. is not worth anything anymore. Exactly. If you have to keep buying the internet like until Constantly. you can create yeah. your own ISP yeah. with bark and leaves, uh, yeah. you are not going to be able to do this. Exactly. Oh my god, it's it's kind of annoying how infuriating it is. I wish I could just look down my nose at them, but like it's so stupid that it's frustrating. Yeah. Anyway, the Satoshi sailed back across the sea to Montenegro, where she underwent a full refurbishment and received a new name, okay. the Ambiance. Sure. She set sail on her maiden voyage in April of 22 with a full ship of passengers over 50. Awesome. She will live on as a traditional cruise ship. Oh. Bitcoin is not currently accepted on board, what? and they removed the water slides for safety. Well, yeah, over 50. I mean, you know, you yeah. those hips, they're not going to, yeah. they're made of glass. Yeah. The Satoshi story is not quite over, though. Okay. It's alleged that given Viva Vivas' relationship with Peter Thiel, these transactions may have taken place through Silicon Valley Bank. <laughs> 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 Talk about subsidizing Ooh, losers. Okay. As of March... Of 2023, Peter Thiel has reported losses of almost $50 million during the bank's collapse. Yeah, Again, yeah. nothing for him. Yeah. And I think, yeah. Pocket yeah. change. Yeah. But, wow, the Satoshi. Very deserving mm. of its own episode. I'm glad we finally got to give it its due. Yeah. Um, I look forward to the C-Pods, which will have... Uh, drone deliveries. And you'll have to use probably like some sort of bio... Uh, identifier to get into your apartment that will not yep. work anymore and you will be stuck outside in a hurricane. Correct. 
Uh, <laughs> your 500 square foot home. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oof. Oh my God. The people are going to lose their minds if they live there. Yeah. And I wish sounds I could like be a hard way to live. It sounds terrible. Yeah. yeah. It sounds like the mental anguish. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just. Yeah. <sighs> uh, anyway. No episode next week. No episode next week. But then we got a bunch of episodes coming the week after that. Really good ones. So Some check really out the backlog next week. Uh, otherwise. Bones uh, stay bleaching. Yeah, I was going to say, we're going we're to be covering some oft-requested topics, and then I was like, what if we said after-requested? Okay, I like that. That's I fine. like that, too. That's yeah. fine. Yeah, Bones. Yep. Anyway, the, 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 the show the show is written by Paige Wesley. It is edited by Kelly Reynolds with art by Stevie Jude. Uh, we thank you. We su- salute you, uh, brave may, soldiers of the sea. May we your- will all create a colony. May your uh, Dr. Bones McCoy bleach in these sands. Star Trek. Yep. Ship. <laughs> and again, shouts out to our listeners the on other planets. Ship that's often been uh, wrecked. That's true. Yeah. It's yeah. been, it's, is it dry docking in space though, or is it gravity, grav docking? Uh, not that sure. Be, oh, grav docking. Not sure. That's cool. Uh, we, should, we should probably end. I was going to say something else about space though. Oh, I was just going to say, I like mm-hmm. that, that spaceships in Star Trek, that they base it off naval, you know, language rather yep. than uh, flight based stuff. Because currently we don't have air bases in the sky. Working on it. Thank you, everybody. Bye-bye.